Welcome back, Bolt fam, to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin Appel here, one of your co-hosts. You got Miles Raruka, our other half. How you doing, man? I'm chilling, man. First week of school is almost over with. I'm happy. We got Husker football back this weekend. Happy about that. Charger football back in two weeks. Couldn't be better, really. Dude, it's it's like the best time of the year. It's Fall is upon us. I mean, school's back in session. I mean, that sucks for you. But, you know, like you said, we get NFL back here in two weeks. We get uh, college football back this weekend. So, yeah, man, it's a it's it's a great time to be alive. I'll trade I'll trade school for football any day of the week. So, yeah, dude, I I'm, I'm right there with you. That, that's that was always part of what made like school bearable was like those first four months, five months, or, you know, just, you're going to have college football, NFL, um, you know, then you get the playoffs and just everything that goes like with fall time and football. Um, it always made school a lot more bearable. So yeah, man, we're, we're getting close. We're getting really close. We've got one preseason game left tomorrow. So actually it'll be the same day. This episode drops on Friday and chargers play the saints and um yeah after that you know turn around on monday it'll be it'll be go time it'll be prepping for the team from vegas it'll be the real thing the vegas team it'll be the real thing so i cannot i cannot wait it needs to come sooner i know i'm like i get so antsy like this time of year it's it's so close but it's like you know college football coming back before NFL is always like a little tease to me because for a lot of a lot of fans in America like they're they're just happy college football is back so they're already like at peak excitement and I have to like watch that from afar it's not that I hate college football it's just nothing gets me going like NFL like it's the best it's king um the NFL is him when it comes to football leagues so yeah man I I uh a little bit of a tease i have to watch everyone else get like peak excitement level and i still have like another week and a half two weeks to go but we're close very close i'm 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 starting to you know x out the calendar day by day um kind of one of those things where you think back to oh well what was i doing two weeks ago okay that doesn't seem so far away so two weeks from now shouldn't seem that far away so yeah that's a great way to look at it yeah two weeks from today this very date is the very first game uh bills rams on that on that thursday night so we're we're so close just hang with us no yeah i suppose okay so after the after on monday like after this weekend they'll start prepping for the raiders but they got a whole another week in between because there's usually a fourth preseason game i guess this is the first year that there's only been three so um yeah yeah two weeks away a little over two weeks um but yeah like you said it'll be here before you know it yeah, man. Well, hey, man, I, I got an icebreaker for you before we get this thing kicked off. And um, I think you'll like this one. This one, it just kind of came to me today, today, tonight, well, as I was making dinner and um, it got me thinking, what is your favorite dish or just ballpark food that, like, what's your go to stadium ballpark food and maybe a little. Sub note to that is what's your favorite dish of all time that you've had at a stadium? 
damn. You know, usually we usually we kind of discuss these ahead of time, so he gives me some time to think. No, I'm I'm, uh, I'm giving spot. it to you straight, baby. You were throwing me on the spot. Um, so honestly, I would have to say, mm, damn. Okay, probably my favorite ballpark food is honestly like nachos. Yeah, nachos are solid. I love nachos. It's it's hard to mess them up too, you know. Just get some some corn chips like, and some like, nacho cheese. Yeah, there's such thing as like nachos that aren't that great and nachos that are like really good but there's no such thing as bad nachos for some reason too like you go to a sports bar and it's like this mountain of nachos right and like that's good that that's that's great but for some reason like the plain like concession nachos that like you know just like the corn chips and the nacho cheese and like maybe some jalapenos sprinkled on there maybe if you're getting real fancy a little bit of ground beef to top her off but for some reason, those just always slap. And you wouldn't, like, as plain and simple as it is, sometimes they slap harder than, like, a mountain of nachos, that you know, like, with, with the whole nine yards. I don't yeah, know, man. I'm actually going to have to disagree with you there. I'm not a fan of the, like, normal rounded tortilla chips with the processed cheese. That's not for me. Really? I mean, it's, good, it's not. But it's fine, but I would way rather have a mountain of, you know, like, queso, pulled pork, uh, pico, Corn sauce. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that doesn't, you can't beat that. No, you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with just like how fucking hammered you are at that point. Um, Because that's like those types of nachos, like the, the, the corn chips and the, and the cheese is just so like simple. And like, I feel like as a drunk, like when I'm drunk, I can just mash those and like anything tastes good at that point. I mean, yeah, depending on your level of drunkenness, I feel like I can mash really anything. Um, but so that would be my answer for like overall bar ballpark food, whether that be, you know, like you can't go wrong with like the helmet nachos you get at a baseball game. Um, yeah, but overall, probably the best dish that I've had at a stadium of some sort, man, you really, I want to say um, Kansas City has this uh, mac and cheese, like pulled pork. You know, Kansas City Barbecue pulled pork mac and cheese bar that is so good. But I would say for the iconicness of it, you just can't beat a runza at Nebraska football games. And I know that 99% of our followers are like, what the hell is a runza? So a runza is basically, I think we've talked about it before, but it's basically just bread stuffed with warm meat and cabbage and cheese. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a pocket of dough. That's like filled with Season like cabbage and meat and cheese. It's uh, it's German or it's like Czech or something European. But I don't know. I'm not a huge Runza fan, but I do like them. I like them a decent amount. I'll hit up Temperature Tuesdays, which you guys also don't. Know oh is. yeah. But um, there's just something different about them at a Husker football game. If any of you guys get the opportunity to go to a Nebraska game here in Lincoln, get a Runza. Thank me later. Yeah, that's a really solid choice. Um, so I I thought about it for a sec, and honestly, my favorite. So my favorite ballpark food. I'm probably gonna go. It's hard to just beat a good hot dog, man. Like, I, I love a loaded hot dog. Like, I love Chicago dogs. Um, you know, I love brats. So, I, like, because it's like 
I think it's a go-to tailgate food too. Um, but I also love getting them like inside the the stadium. So I'm going to say probably a hot dog. A close second would be a hamburger just because so there's a few stadiums I've been to that just have really like, they basically have, it's kind of cheating. They basically have like an outside, a really good like burger chain. That's like known for their burgers they have like a little mini restaurant like inside the ballpark. Mm -hmm. So although it's not like actual like coming from the concession stand, it's like a legit burger, but it's, they're fucking amazing. Um, Peco Park has, anyone in San Diego or or in that area should know about Hodad's burger place. Oh man, it's so fucking good. I had a, a burger when I went to the game a few weeks ago and so good. All right, so but, going back to hot dogs, what's your like go to toppings on a hot dog? Oh, dude, I, I fucking I, I don't I don't discriminate. Like I don't always put everything on there, but like if I'm at a game, I'll throw everything on there: onions, relish, mustard, ketchup. Relish like, makes it all tomatoes. Good relish. Oh, uh, dude, I fucking love all like I I love like peppers, bro. If they have like yeah, if they have peppers, I'll throw that shit on there. Um, I loaded up. I also am a big fan of chili cheese dogs. Ooh, I yeah. love me a chili cheese dog. No, but I will say my favorite dish at a specific stadium is definitely the garlic fries from Petco Park. They are to die for, bro. So good. I got to get out to Petco. I love that stadium. Looks so cool. I, especially when Tatis gets back. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's stadium's beautiful. The food's beautiful. Uh, but these garlic fries, like, there's usually a line, like, around the concourse for these fries. Like, we I, we lucked out and went uh, – well, I went to both games of a doubleheader. But the, the first game, the day game, there's, like, no one there, right? Because everyone's, like, still working. And it's just, like, it's it's very relaxed compared to, like, a normal ball game. And so I, I was able to like walk right up there, get fries, get a couple fries, um, go sit down. But when we went back for the night game, the line was literally like a mile long, bro. I was like, oh my God, like it's going to take these people like three innings to get their fries. And they're, they're that good. Damn. Yeah. I, I do want to give those sound phenomenal. I love me fries of any sort, but I do got to give a quick shout out. I went to a uh, Rockies game at Coors Field last summer and I tried Rocky Mountain Oysters. Oh, yeah, they have. Is that at the Todd Helton restaurant up there? Something like I think my mom got them, so I don't know exactly where it was. But it was it was inside the stadium. And if for those of you that don't know, Rocky Mountain Oysters are fried bull testicles. And testies, they were phenomenal. They were so good. They're so good. They were so good. good. I'm not I don't I it didn't really gross me out eating them either. I was like, I mean, shit, people like these. I'll give them a try. And I tried them. I feel like they're like chicken gizzards or like chicken nuggets. Kind of. Yeah. Like they're really good. I feel like liver King when I eat them. Cause you know how he like oh, eats yeah. every part of the, the cow. Up, he eats primals? like the testicles too. Yeah. <laughs> What's up primals. Uh, that's great. Bull testicles. But uh, yeah. Well, Hey, real quick before we, we dive into the chargers action, what you drinking? So I had a dig in my fridge. I'm literally out of alcohol. I gotta, I gotta go buy some more before Saturday. Um, I'm thinking I gotta get some, uh, thinking some Reds, Reds Apple Ales for you know Go Big Red this Saturday. Ooh. Um, Have you tried Bush 
bush apple apples you've seen videos yeah. on my story of me absolutely schnockered off bush apple so oh uh, was that what was that what they were oh yeah but yeah i love me some baffles but i don't know i gotta figure out what i'm gonna get this weekend but for now i've got quick little can crack oh i'm about to hit mine too there we go let's hear it oh there we go clean uh but today i am sipping on a nooner um Ooh, what flavor pineapple nooner oh yeah Literally the, the, dude i love the guava one the guava, the guava one there's not one that I really good there isn't one that i dislike um pineapple might be my favorite though um but yeah this is literally the last can of alcohol in my fridge gotta go hit i think we're gonna i think i'm honestly gonna walk over to russ's market after this and buy some buy some booze for the weekend but um yeah there you go tonight i'm sipping on a high noon and let me just say it's gonna be a great experience these things go down like water um very few cows um yeah i love them 4.5 alk volume they just go down so nicely so and I am drinking on a good old Modelo. There we go. Got to gotta have some, some of the lion in you. For those that don't know, the lion is on the can. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, nothing puts Chargers football like a Modelo. Dude, yeah, I, I, I put down I put down a, a couple of Modellos when I went to, to SoFi back in October. So great, great cerveza, great beer. I don't know if it's my favorite cerveza, but it's it's a good one. Can't go wrong. We're gonna have to rank our beers some some episode. That'll be an icebreaker for the future. But uh, we will. But yeah, so Nooner Modelo. Let's get into some Bolts football, eh? Let's do it. So the Chargers held their 19th and final training camp practice yesterday on Wednesday afternoon, and they wrap up the preseason tomorrow, Friday night, uh, when they take on the Saints. Final roster cuts are going to be here by Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific or 3 p.m. Central for us. And that's what we have to look forward to the next couple of days. So with that being said, um, well, a couple of things before we kind of round back to that. But I think the biggest storyline really, in, you know, in in Chargers land this week is, is definitely the news of J.C. Jackson and... Um, you know, he, he underwent ankle surgery. Good news is it was non-invasive. So uh, I found out what that meant about an hour ago because I didn't know. That's like one of those terms that I think you always hear or it's like thrown around. And uh, so for those of you that do know, you're, you're going to be laughing at me as I explain this. But for those of you that don't know, I might learn you something. So here you go. So an invasive surgery means when they slice you up, they peel your skin back like a fucking fruit roll up and then they go, they go to work. Right. And those are like, you know, when it comes to surgeries, those are pretty serious, right? Those are going to have a pretty, pretty lengthy recovery time. It's a big deal. Right. Um, well, non-invasive, which is what JC Jackson had on his ankle basically means that they can like funnel something up there, like a little scope and like scope it out, get it out of there. Um, not nearly as big of a deal. Recovery time isn't nearly as lengthy. And they're actually saying the timetable for him is, is actually two to four weeks. So all in all, with that being said, I think it's it's a, it's a good thing. This is good news uh, for Chargers fans. I know for 
a full 24 hours, we were all kind of shit in our pants when they dropped the news and then didn't really give us a, a lot of detail. It was, it was, um, it was a little that, bit longer than 24 hours. I, I know that they totally popper, totally blue balls to us and said that, uh, Jackson's <laughs> not practicing today. And then like an hour later, he quote tweeted it and said, this is injury related. And then all of chargers nation shit their pants. Yeah. So there like, and that is reasonable, right? Anytime, like he wasn't even on any injury radar. And then now all of a sudden he's having surgery, like definitely like, Oh shit, what's going on moment. Um, but now that the dust has kind of settled and, uh, we've gotten updated and, and, and more news, um, it's actually something that he was born with and, it, you know, he's obviously been playing with his whole career if that's the case. Um, but you know, I know a big question on Twitter while this news came out was why didn't he have it? Why didn't he have it sooner? Why didn't he address it in the off season? And, um, we finally got some news on that. Brandon Staley had said, you know, it just really started bothering him like two weeks ago and they were putting him on treatment. They were looking, they were taking care of it, um, keeping up with it. And it just ultimately ended up being one of those things where, Hey, let's just, let's nip it right now. Let's get it taken care of. And, you know, two to four weeks you're back and, and, uh, you're not going to have that, that discomfort for an entire season. Yeah. It's, it sounded like it was something that they were aware of that he had, um, but he just kind of, it, it hadn't, again, like you said, it hadn't bothered him until for some reason it just started acting up a few weeks ago. And it, it's kind of sounds like it was something that he could definitely play through. Um, but again, why risk it getting worse? Um, why not just get it done? So it's, it's good that they got it done when they did. Uh, sounds like there's a fairly decent chance he'll be back for week one. Uh, two to four weeks is the window and we are um just past we're about three weeks away when the season dropped we were right about three weeks or when the news dropped we were right about three weeks away um so uh kind of what staley was talking about was just based on how how quick it heals we'll kind of base whether that that timetable is closer to the two-week mark or the four-week mark i know you and i both are crossing our fingers that it's closer to the two-week mark so we can see him play in kansas city week two um, but yeah, again, definitely, I took that as great news, uh, considering how scared I was when the news first dropped. So, yeah, and let me put a little spin on it here. Let me put a little take. Let me let me, let me work some magic on this take here. Um, I actually wouldn't be opposed to him being out week one, and I don't. I wouldn't normally say that if it wasn't for you know, the, the acquisitions that we went out and got. So when I'm looking at this, these, this cornerback defensive back depth chart on paper, you know, you, you have Michael Davis, who's had a really good camp and, you know, has really, you know, overcome a lot to adapt to this scheme. You have Asante Samuel Jr., which I think everyone, every Chargers fan everywhere would pretty much agree. Like, you know, he's, he's a good guy to have out there. You know, you want, you know, he's still, still growing and, and still learning a lot. He's going into year two, but he's, he's definitely a, a good defensive back that you want on the field on game day. Um, then you got Bryce Callahan, who is really kind of been like master of the slot. I mean, he's made a career out of doing that. And Brandon Staley loves him. Brandon Staley, more importantly, trust him in the slot. So, 
I think worst case scenario, if if JC is like close to getting back during during Raider Week, but you know Chargers go the safe route, they go the, the cautious route, um, and and don't don't force him back and, and let him get that extra week. You know, here's the thing. I know that. Okay, let's. That's another thing. But if they give him that extra like half a week going into to Kansas City, since it's a short week going into week two, um, I wouldn't be opposed to that because this Raiders team just doesn't scare me. It doesn't, they don't scare me. I mean, would you want JC Jackson out there? Of course. Like, you know, you you want, you want one of your top players in the team out there, but for one game against a a, a team that, you know, (laughs) quite frankly, doesn't stack up against us well on paper. uh, It wouldn't concern me too much, but how do you feel about, jc potentially missing week one i mean besides the the obvious like fuck you know i in a a perfect world he'd be out there yeah no again this this is the raiders team uh one of their the only thing that would scare me about the raiders is definitely their strength is their receiving core but again a report came out the other day that doesn't sound like darren waller may be able to play week one um he's got a sketchy little injury going on and uh, it sounded like their coach wasn't sure if he would be available so i guess that that would be better. Wouldn't matter anyway because Derwin James would shut him down. But um, yeah, it just kind of sucks that it's a quick turnaround. You know, playing Sunday and then week two already. You got that quick turnaround going into Thursday night, which kind of sucks. Um, but and dude, honestly, even if he misses Kansas City, like that's that's a now that's one that would hurt a lot more than the Raiders game not having him for sure. But if you're looking at it from if you're looking at the season as a marathon versus a sprint, which is, oh, is exactly what it is and exactly how you should look at it. Then the first two weeks shouldn't, I mean, every week counts, every game counts. I know that, but in the long run, you know, I, I don't think you're, you have more to lose, you know, by rushing him back and, you know, maybe he rushes back too early and then has to shut it down for an extra week or two. Just, you know, get him back a hundred percent when, that, whenever that is. And, you know, there's, I, I really don't think there's a rush to get him back considering after those first two games we play the Jaguars and, and then the Texans, which will definitely be back by then. But um, when I look at those first four games of the year and who they're against, it's not it's nothing to panic. There's really only one game in those first four games that you would want him, and that's, that's the Chiefs game. Well, I mean, you want him every fucking game, but in this situation. Yeah, a hundred percent. I hope that, you know, if he does miss that Raiders game that he can bounce back and play against Kansas city, but in a perfect world, I'd rather have him only miss the first two games of the year versus having this thing linger and miss more. So yeah, I, I think it'll be okay. Again, uh, pretty good news. It's only two to four week timetable, but um yeah, I think I think everything will be all right. Everything will play out okay. Let's just hope it heals quicker, uh, rather than, uh, or yeah, quicker rather than longer. But uh, I'm not too worried about it right now. Sooner rather than later. Quicker rather than yeah, whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of had a little mental breakdown there. But you yeah. know what I'm trying to say. I think I think it'll be okay. Definitely taking it as a win. Happy he got it done, and now he'll be able to play to his full potential. So. Yeah, and, and more from Brandon Staley on J.C. Jackson. He says, you know, it's really more of a comfort level 
when he you know decelerates at times um it's just peace in mind peace of mind moving forward to do it now and uh, you know he he eventually went on to say uh you know i can't i can't state it enough there's not an injury with his ankle so it wasn't anything that he did to tweak it or mess it up in camp it wasn't like someone landing on it and 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 banging it up it just happened to be like peace of mind you know this guy i mean this guy has plenty of years left in this league and if you can get it done get it done you know versus trying to rehab it the whole fucking season you know injections painkill like just get it done and and play you know play carefree and, and and with peace of mind so that's that's comforting um to hear from brandon staley for sure um and i think it just gives us more insight onto the whole situation um in general yeah 100 percent. brandon staley's comments made me pretty comfortable and then uh i know jc put on his story something like minor 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 setback for a major comeback or something like that um yeah so it, it sounds honestly like it's literally just the wound itself yeah. That is all they're waiting for. So, like, as soon as the, the, the little bandage, the little, you know, whatever mark they had to make on his ankle, as soon as that heals up, he'll be out there. So, uh, yeah, who knows? We could see him for week one. It just all depends on how fast it heals. But, um, yeah, all in all, I think he's for sure going to be out there. I think he should for sure be out there against the Chiefs week two on, on Thursday night. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I think that I think especially knowing Brandon Staley, they're being as caution as being as cautious as possible. So yep. I'm guessing that that two to four week timetable, it'll be on the lower side of that. But I guess time will only tell. And yeah, again, I'm I'm happy that it's only two to four weeks and not you know something serious like our minds go to right away when we see that there's an injury. So. Like surgery, fuck. That's gonna be two months at least. Oh, somebody's held out of practice today. Damn, there goes his ACL. Like that's literally what my mind goes. <laughs> right. Understand. But I mean, we joke on that, but honestly, like that has been the case like so yeah. often as as a Chargers fan. Like it's just like you harmlessly log into Twitter one day and it's like, boom, Hunter Henry goes down. Boom, Forrest Lamp goes down. Boom, you know, like holy shit, like <laughs> you know, it's insane what what this team has been through with their injury history it's just it's nothing like i've ever seen before as a not even, not just a football fan but a sports fan uh it's it's pretty remarkable so there is good reason for that paranoia i feel like but um yeah i mean just whew, dodgeable there um and now i think i think we can move on to our next topic which uh i want to spend some time and talk about k9 Kenneth Murray Jr. He uh, is finally back in practice after his ankle surgery that he underwent in the offseason. His was invasive, meaning they did cut him open and 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 fix whatever he had going on in there. And you know now he's finally recovered and he's back at practice. Um, he oh he's actually back into eleven and eleven on eleven drills for the first time since being removed from the, the pup list um, that I did not know. So that is uh that's, that's good news. That's really good news for, for Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Good news for Kenneth Murray. Is it good news for the chargers? I guess we'll see if he can bounce back or not this year, but um, 
yeah, it'll be nice to have another body out there for practice. Again, I'm, I'm, I am expecting him in uh, year two in this scheme to bounce back at least a little bit, as long as he's just a little bit more, you know, of a player than he's been the last two seasons, then that's going to be a huge upgrade for this defense. So again, I, I hope that, I hope that he can bounce yeah. back. Okay. Because it's just, he has not looked great thus far in his young NFL career. Yeah. And, I have such a mixed bag of emotions when it comes to Kenneth Murray. I mean, high praise coming out of the draft. I think there's a lot of hype around him, um, you know, and, you know, I know the, the early criticism on him was, you know, Hey, he comes from the big 12 that, you know, there it's just a different type of, of defense that they, that they really play in that league versus, you know, a more, you know, you're going to see more traditional NFL defenses and, and schemes and, and stuff like that in the sec but i mean plays hard plays fast super athletic and you know i i I, he's one of those guys i'm kind of i'm kind of what's how's the way to put it i'm angry for him i should say because i feel like he got drafted into a scheme into a, a defense that no longer exists on this roster and on this in this organization and that being Anthony Lynn and Gus Bradley scheme. Um, and now, you know, year two, you know, he had a pretty, like, people forget he had a pretty good rookie year, like nothing to, to bash about or really to like mock or make fun of. Um, you know, it wasn't until last year where, you know, Brandon Saley comes in and I, I think we know like with Brandon Saley's defense, like linebackers just aren't like they, they ain't it. And, and Staley's scheme, like yeah, you need him, but they, like the emphasis of importance just is not there. You know, he he likes to have a lot of defensive backs on the field, a lot of defensive linemen, um, and maybe a lot of times just one, if not two, linebackers, and that's it. Um, and and then the whole thing about you know me being angry for him is like I'm so mad at this staff. It's like one of the very few things that I've, I've actually been like upset about this staff over was trying to move him to defensive end and then moving him back. What the fuck were they thinking by doing that? Like, I don't think I've really talked about it before on the podcast because I haven't really ever, I mean, had a reason to, but now that he's back, it's like one of those things where I'm like, dude, that that move last year of trying to move him to DN and then moving him back to linebacker has to just be such a, like confidence killer as, as a player, as an athlete, like talk about like ident- identity crisis in the NFL. Like, who am I? What position? Like, you know, am I, am I, am I, do I like, am I a shitty linebacker? Do they not want me to play line? But like, and then it's just like a failed experiment. And now here he is going into week or to year three coming off an injury. And, and I hope that the surgery he had, um, over the off season is going to be beneficial. And, uh, we do see a significant improvement in his play because I, I, I do feel like, you know, he was kind of hampered by that pretty much all of last season, but yeah, just a guy like I, I want to see him get some redemption for himself and he just, he deserves it, man. Like it, it would be such a, a welcoming sight for him to, to come back into this defense and, and, doesn't have to be the MVP of the defense, but just to play a nice role and, um, you know, do his job and, and, and be the best 
middle linebacker, off ball linebacker that you can be, because that's going to help the team. It's going to going to give guys like Kyle Van Noy opportunities to move around and, and play a little bit of edge, and it, it gives the, the defense and, and the coaching staff a lot more flexibility. Um, when you have a guy that, that can come in and and perform up to up to the standards. Yeah, one hundred percent. I just it, the talent coming out of school was, you know, he was a first round pick for a reason. Um, you, you know, we have a tendency to really believe in these first round picks outside of ninety nine until they prove us otherwise, which obviously ninety nine has proved us otherwise. But um, yeah, I think I really think that he's going to blossom this year. Going back on the switching him to defensive end, I, I I just think that they were trying to. I understand that that was kind of a messy situation, but. I just think they were trying to utilize him to his bet to the best of his ability, you know, maybe make him a little bit more comfortable as to where he was in college, but that experiment failed. And now here we are. So in a scheme that doesn't necessarily utilize linebackers too much, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what role he plays in this defense going forward. Yeah. And I guess like one of the reasons I was so upset about that move was because it happened so early. Like you typically don't see it, like in year two for a, a guy, especially coming off like a pretty, pretty good rookie season. Um, that's, you know, that's one of those things where I'm not opposed to those types of moves. My philosophy on it is always, has always been, that's fine if you're going to do it, but if you do it, that like, you, you can't move him back. It's like a one-time deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I understand completely. I just think it was a like it was a it was a it was a failed experiment. That's what it was. Yeah. So at this and point, you just got to kind of. The thing uh, is, like my my thing is, like I don't know if it ever should have been an experiment because it's like if that's gonna happen, like it's gonna be a permanent. Like I would like to think it's a permanent thing. Like, hey, this is gonna be like your new position. Like we're gonna work on it. We're gonna spend time on the off season, um, getting you up to speed. Um, for them to kind of like plug and play, like, oh, this week you're a DN. Oh, this week you're a linebacker. Like, had to just fuck, just totally throw him off. And um, that was my one of my like m- my biggest gripe with it is is moving him to and then back. It was just like, what, what are we doing? Year two for for a guy. So he's been through a lot already, man. Um, in his first couple seasons. So yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping he can bounce back and and this defense. This defense uh, needs a bounce back year from a guy like Kenneth Murray. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally get it. It's, I think it's, just, it's kind of more of just getting him into like a rhythm. Um, you know, exactly like you said, once you're, you're – he's not – he's probably he's probably too young to be that – to have that much on his shoulders to try to be that versatile. But I think now that he's going into – what is this, year three, I believe? Is this year three for him? Yeah. Yeah, year three. Yeah, now he's going into year three. You know, I think he he kind of knows what to expect coming up, and I think that he's he's definitely got breakout potential. So I, I hope the best for him, and I definitely hope he can help out that defense for us. Yeah, yep, I I agree, man. Wishing the best for for K nine this year, and um, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, for sure. So with that. What do we got? What's next on tap for us tonight? Next on tap. Uh, well, real quick before we round it, round it back out and uh, head out of here. Uh, I want to, dude, Jasir Taylor. I think at this point, is it safe to say he's a lock on this on this fifty-three man roster? I don't know, dude. He, I went. 
I wouldn't go lock quite yet, but he should make it. I'll be very upset if he doesn't. But dude, he's been balling out this camp and this preseason. We obviously we think we've talked about him every single episode for the last like six episodes now, but he deserves it, rightfully so. Like he's been balling. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a lock. There's no yeah. sixth or seventh round pick that is ever a lock, but he definitely deserves a spot on this 53 man. And I think that's something that we'll talk more about on Sunday for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sunday we'll make our, our final roster predictions for this team and uh we'll kind of, you know, look at it from a standpoint of like who we think is really gonna yeah, be on the roster and then who isn't. So yeah, Jasir Taylor made another interception on Justin Herbert in eleven on elevens. He was covering DeAndre Carter in the slot, jumped a uh, outbreaking route and uh made a play. And that's that's what he's been doing all camp, man. He's just been making play after play. Um, and you know, I, I think a big reason why he probably will make this roster is also because of his versatility. You know, he, he can play inside, he, he can play outside. Um, he's shown good, good, uh, quality traits as a gunner on special teams. So bringing as much value as you can to a raw, to a team is, is probably one of the, you know, one of the better ways to go about making a team. And we've talked about that just, you know, through camp and, you know, what value are you going to bring to the team outside of your position value? Um, and, and this guy can can play, you know, almost multiple positions inside a position, right? Like in the slot and on the outside as a corner. And then also, you know, he's shown some, some special teams value. So um, a really versatile defensive back. Um, that's, you know, exactly what Brandon Staley said about him. He's got good size for the position. Uh, Staley saying, hey, we really feel like he's a defensive back that can play a lot of different places. On special teams, he's got enough speed to be an effective gunner. He's a good tackler. He's a good contact player as a defensive back. Um, and he's got a sturdy body. He's he's 190 plus. So, you know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a big dude back there. And I think, you know who he kind of reminds, or not like a player comp, by any means, but like, you know who he's like reminding me of? Uh, prime Darrell Revis. No, no, no. Like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, Chargers. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I let's hear it. I want to give you a hint. Think Chargers. I want to say he was drafted like 2017, 2018, maybe. Played for Miami. He really didn't do much his first Mace couple of years. But Jenkins. He, yes, dude. He was like, I mean, he like. He was kind of forgotten about his first two seasons as a Charger, and then in the back half of that rookie deal, really blossomed into a, a key player in that secondary. And dude, he's giving me like he's giving me strong Rayshon Jenkins vibes. Um, I think he's off to a better start than Rayshon is, at least camp wise. So it, it, I'm excited for this guy, man. I think he's going to make the roster, and I think he'll be, um, you know a key player that we, we could be talking about uh, throughout the season. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I He better make this roster. I'm going to be pretty pissed. Um, he's, I, it, he's, it sounds like, I mean, lock is lock is a dangerous word, but I think, I, I think it's fairly certain at this point that he will break, break camp uh, on the roster. I think so too, but I, Again, lock is a strong word, but what more can you do to really prove your position than what Jasir Taylor has done 
and like he's done everything and more that you could ask of a late round pick. So there's just no way that he yeah. doesn't make this roster. And if he doesn't, then another team's going to get blessed by his talent. So hundred percent. Um, and so, yeah, man, I wanted to cover him real quick and, uh, kind of wrap it up with kind of where we started and, um, you know, chargers got their final preseason game of the year or of preseason, I should say, uh, tomorrow against the saints. Um, any predictions, anything, any, any like things you're hoping to see that you haven't seen yet this preseason or just thoughts in general about the, uh, about the, the preseason game. Yeah. Well, I'm a massive Michael Bandy fanboy right now. So I'm really rooting for Michael Bandy to show out one more time. And uh, again, like we were just talking at man of the hour, just here, Taylor really hoping that he shows some more flashes in tomorrow's game. And also really going to be looking after uh, Trey Pipkins as well. But other than that, um, it's been a really up and down preseason. Uh, preseason obviously doesn't mean anything whatsoever, but uh, it's just nice to see those powder blues back out on the field. So I'll definitely be tuning into that and we'll see what happens. Ooh, how about this? I got a few lines for you. Give me an over or under. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Over or under, well, real quick, Chase Daniels is starting tomorrow, correct? Because they're they're flip flopping. Is that what they're doing? I I mean that's what that's what they did for the first two. So I think I just thought it'll that was be back because to... stick was better. No, I I thought I saw or read somewhere that that was the plan going then, in. Uh, then yes, it would be Chase Daniel if that is the case. Okay, so. Well, we'll just do both of them. Fuck. Well, Chase Daniels over under one and a half touchdowns tomorrow. Under, he gets one. Okay. So Easton Stick over under two and a half touchdowns tomorrow. Under, he gets two. Okay. All right. What do you think? I like that. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you on the Daniels one. I want to be bold, and I'm going to take the over on uh, on Stick. I love it. I mean, why not? I have no idea. I mean, I'm not confident in it, but fuck it. We'll take the over. I like to hear that, but yeah, I don't know. I think I, I want to see, I want to see, you know what? If there was an over under for defensive slash special teams touchdown at one point at point five, I'm hammering the over. Point five. I think I'm hammering the over. I think that there'll be, I think Chargers going to have a defensive or special teams touchdown in the preseason game tomorrow. Lock it in. So either like a scoop and score, a pick six, punt return, uh, punt return, kick return, punt block, touchdown. Something on that on that side of the ball is gonna happen. I I feel it. I like it. I like it. All right. Why not? Um, go home. And then tomorrow night, you know, I think it'll be the final. You know, it'll be the final judging call on the right tackle position, which. We're, I think we've already found out the answer. I just think Staley, it, the words haven't come out of Staley's mouth yet. I think is the only thing that at this point is holding up this for sure foregone, at least foregone conclusion for us. Um, Trey Pipkins, I believe, is going to be your Chargers starting right tackle week one, 2022. Yeah, I, I 100% think so as well. Uh, he's been getting all the first team reps as of late. It just, it's, I think the job clearly his right now. It's his to lose. So I, I think he'll be starting week one yeah. and we'll see after that. So my biggest thing with the right tackle thing is I, I, I just don't want to see, and I, like, I guess the way I've been thinking about it in camp is whoever wins the battle 
should keep the should keep the job until like they a either like get hurt and can't play or b just like have four or five like absolute terrible games back to back to back like unless one of those two things happens like i don't want to see a whole lot of switching like i don't want to see a whole lot of like i don't even want to see like uh like a like a platoon or like a right tackle by committee type deal. Like I just want whoever and like and it sounds like it's going to be Trey Pipkins, but you know I want whoever that's going to be to just get as many reps as possible and try to get better as like the year goes. You know because we've seen it before where you know guys don't find their groove until like November December and then like they're playing lockdown football in, in the most important parts of the the season. So I just hope that you know, uh, when Trey Pipkins wins this job and it's, it's announced that, um, he's the guy moving forward and, and there's no like week to week, uh, rumblings of like, Oh, it might be Norton this week. It might be Pipkin, you know? Yeah. Unless one of them is God awful one week and it's, or maybe a few weeks in a row and it's time for a change, then there should be no reason as to why this is like, I want to almost say like a committee at right tackle because that's just unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, and like I, I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about it. I mean, we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe Trey Pipkins comes out and is like dog shit for the first month, and like they don't have any other option but to try Storm Norton. Um, but yeah, man, I think I think Trey's done enough. He's looked he's looked good in preseason. Um, he's put in the work this off season. We've we had a whole episode title dedicated to him. Uh, the Trey Pipkins hype train, I believe it was. So uh, we bought into him, man, um, which is crazy when you consider like two years ago, like Chargers fans like hated this dude. <laughs> and uh, really like the, even the first half of last year, um, you know, Pipkins was like almost number 99 status for like memory and just, you know, a, a constant topic of like trash talk on, on Twitter. So it's just, it's a good redemption story so far. I hope he really makes the most of it. And I mean, heck dude, you, you won the battle. Now, now, now go out and, and keep your job like show this staff, show this organization, like you can be the right tackle on this team moving forward. You know, you won the battle, don't lose the war. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. but, no, man, I'm excited. Lots of, I'm excited. Yeah. Lots of storylines to, to keep up with. Uh, during this final preseason game and we will um actually i won't be able to watch it i will be at the padres and royals game tomorrow night so it'll be fun let's get it get us get some uh casey barbecue down there i heard that i've been to Kaufman a few times i was a little bit younger but i know that they've got some really gas food there so you gotta get some yeah i'm excited i've never been to Kaufman, which is crazy because I've, I've always been with like four hours of it but uh Hey, get to cross off another MLB park and uh, hopefully don't don't watch the Padres blow a couple of games. But uh, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that barbecue, too. We're going to have to have to get some at some point. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, speaking of Kansas City, uh, for those of you heading to Arrowhead, September 15th, link up with us. Uh, we will be there in attendance to watch the Chargers take on the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football again. That's September 15th. Uh, we will be there. Cannot wait for that. Less, way less than a month away. We've got about half a month left. So, man, I can't wait. For that. Yeah, I cannot wait for that. There's my first Thursday night game ever, so that'll be cool. 
And I haven't been to Arrowhead since I was like probably like nine or ten years old. Really? So it's been yeah, dude, it's been forever. Dude, why don't you go every year? Uh because I usually go I usually go to one you in LA. With an or... excuse. <laughs> well, I, honestly, it was the reason why we didn't go for a while is because my dad got in a fight with a Chiefs fan when I was a kid and he was just so like so over like like my dad my dad's a cool guy until he like you like piss him off and then he's like he wants to fight you so yeah we were there like it was like me and my brother and we were like little and my dad was just like so annoyed with like the Chiefs fans he's like yeah I'm not coming back here like we're gonna we're gonna go to home games and stuff from now on Chiefs fans suck yeah, they're they can get pretty rowdy. So that honestly, for the longest time, it was because of that. But then, like, I mean, once I turned like, once I graduated high school, like we've we've could have gone back since. I think we've had a couple opportunities to actually go. Um, I actually was going to go to a game two years ago, and last minute and got like kind of canceled due to some stuff. But um, so yeah, I just I haven't been forever, so I'm excited to get back and uh, hopefully not getting any fights. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So September fifteenth, looking forward to that. But that's all I got for tonight. Um, football is close. Uh, go big red for those of you um, listening from our area. Um, yeah, I, I don't got much. It's gonna be a fun weekend, and then we've only got one more weekend for football. So that's right, baby. Well, hey, let's get out of here while we can. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour, episode number 28. And don't forget to follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Powder Hour Pod LA for all the latest news and updates about the Bolts and all the latest news and updates about the podcast as well. And with that, we are out of here. Peace.